you guys very much. And thank you for uh, our adults who went to youth camp, um, Fletcher and uh, many others. Uh, spent a lot of time planning and getting ready uh, to take these kids to camp. And then a whole week uh, away from their jobs, Tracy took a week of vacation from her job. And uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's not a vacation. Uh, it's not all fun and games. In fact, I mean, although there is fun and there, is, there are games happening there for the youth pastor and for those who are leading that, that is a labor of love. And uh, just thank you for the sacrifice, Bailey. Thank you for the sacrifice, uh, having your husband away. Uh, Bailey's expecting a baby, by the way. I mean, so there she was all at home alone expecting a baby. Aww. And um, uh, we're praying for you guys, a little boy. Um, and so uh, Finn, Phineas. Uh, and so uh, thank you guys. And church, I, I just wanted to sit in your heart today uh, that what happened last week, uh, it takes a lot, but it, is, uh, it takes somebody and, and adults who, are, who go and sacrifice. They have to sleep on pee-proof mattresses, I mean, the rubber mattresses, you know, uh, and these are grown-ups. And so just thank you for the sacrifice and, uh, and, and praise God for getting to see those dividends that he has brought uh, from your labor and from your work. We're in the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bible, if you will, turn there with me. It's in the New Testament. After Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and on down a little further, uh, there are four books in a row, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Um, and so just find Ephesians there, a small book, which is actually a letter, as you know, uh, a letter written uh, by a man named the Apostle Paul, but in reality penned by the Spirit of God, uh, breathed out, the Bible says, by God, this is God's word, and in its context was written by a man in prison who dearly loved the Lord Jesus and dearly loved the churches, these little, small, fledgling churches just getting started, struggling in many ways. And the Apostle Paul writes this loving letter to them uh, so that they might have some steadiness and stability and truth as they serve the Lord Jesus in a, in a new way. They've never done this before. In fact, we've, we've had uh, the story, the account of Jesus for thousands of years now. They had had it for only moments. They're figuring this out. Students who have trusted Christ for the first time this week at youth camp, um, you're in good company with the New Testament church who is just figuring this out and putting one foot in front of the other. And we've gone through this book for some time. We're at the end, and we've embarked on a section of Scripture that has to do with spiritual warfare if you want to call it that that's appropriate spiritual warfare uh, where this final warning after after all that's been said he wants to leave them uh, with the reality with the weightiness of the fact that there is an enemy a very real a very personal enemy yes we are tempted to sin just by by virtue of this own corrupt flesh this body that we occupy has sinful, a sinful nature in it that leads us uh, into sin sometimes. And yes, we exist in a broken and a fallen world where there are temptations and, and things all around us that would draw us into sin. But combined with that, there is one that the Bible refers to in this passage as the devil. His name is also Satan. 
Lucifer. There is one who's very personal, very powerful, very able, and very determined to take away the power of the Christian life. Can Satan ever take away salvation for one who has been born again? No, Satan can never take away salvation, but he sure can render you dormant, experiencing nothing, no power, no life, no impact, no influence, no sincere feeling of worship, no feeling of life as you walk out, even into dark places. He can surely zap those things in the Christian life. And he wants to strike right at the heart of us to do so. And so the Bible tells us that we are to put on the full armor of God. In order to stand firm against the devil, we are to put on the full armor of God. That basically means we're to draw close to Jesus and stay with him, be faithful, walk with him, know him, love his word, hear his voice, pray, be with his people, put on the armor of God. It describes it in six ways, as six pieces of armor. And we've looked last week at the first one, and today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, the second part of verse 14, and see that's what that second piece of armor is. Let's read together beginning of verse 10. If you have your Bible, you'll need it. If you don't, these words will be on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible in your life, we don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word. And we have those at no cost to you on the table in the back. Uh, we want you to take that if you need it. Don't be worried. That's what they're there for. Um, you go home with what you need. Verse 10. Finally, it's the end of his letter. <clears throat> a, few, a few parting things. I, I can't quit without saying this. I, you, you, you've got to know this. Finally, be strong in the Lord <clears throat> and in the strength of his might. Can we do it on our own? Can we fight Satan on our own? Certainly not. We've got to draw near to the Lord. Only the, the power of God is enough for us to battle against the spiritual enemy. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Schemes, he's a trickster. He's a liar. He, he's always trying to deceive us. We must stand against his schemes or against his wiles. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Who are these? These are spiritual demons, if you will. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the high places or the spiritual realm. Verse 13, therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to withstand in the evil day. When is the evil day? It's now. It was then and it is now. <clears throat> and having done all to stand firm, verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And here's our focal passage today. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as <clears throat> for shoes, for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The breastplate of righteousness uh, is what's described here today. 
And just as it would have been in, in ancient times, with an actual soldier taking up and putting on this, this breastplate, this thing that would have covered this whole main part of your body here, in order to, uh, to, to protect the vital, life-giving organs here. This is a life-saving device. Uh, when they would have put that on, they would have been reminded of several things. And when we daily go and put on this armor of God and think of putting on the breastplate of righteousness, there ought to be at least three things that we're reminded of, three reminders that are constantly before us as Christians. And the first one is this. Reminder number one. We don't go in our own name. We don't go on the battlefield. We don't go into the world. We don't go to the workplace representing ourselves, do we? These uh, breastplates in the, in the ancient world would have had imprinted on them uh, the identity, the label of who it was you represented. And in Rome, which is where Paul was in prison, which may be exactly uh, what he was referring to as he looked at a soldier in that very prison in the Roman army, in the Roman legions, what was printed on there were three letters, S-P-Q-R. And I've got those on the screen for you. S-P-Q-R with an eagle. You can see the S-P-Q-R right uh, beneath the eagle's feet there. Uh, this uh, represented the Roman government. It stands for, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, it's Latin, and y'all, nobody wants that. Uh, but it is Latin, and it means the Roman Senate and the people. And so every soldier guarding the Apostle Paul in that prison would have been wearing that armor and right on the front of an eagle of sorts with the words SPQR, the Roman Senate and the people, it wasn't only a practical piece of armor. Uh, this it, it declared who it was in whose name these soldiers were waging battle. When we put on the armor of God, this breastplate of righteousness the reminder for our day in that early morning when you go to the lord in prayer uh, when, when you remind yourself of the mission that you're on you, you the reminder is this i don't go for me i don't go for myself today emblazoned on my armor is the identity is the name of the king of kings and the lord of lords this is the one who saved me and who saves today. This is the day when darkness seems to hide his face. I count on his, what, amazing grace, unchanging grace. He does not change. This is the one who can do more than I can do, who can go before me. We represent someone else. In our church, I see the day our students are all wearing your T-shirts from camp, right? I mean, you're blue, nice and blue, Smurf-like uh, today. I love the fact that the logo is on your, your shirt, in his image. Did you catch that when they came up and spoke? In his image. <clears throat> you don't go in your own image, guys. I mean, if you're walking for Christ, it is not your priorities that matter. It is not our decisions, what we want. We're going in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our church has these little magnets that are on our cars. It says, I love my church. A lot of y'all have these blue square magnets um I, I got those to represent the church but also so if i saw you out i could avoid you uh and go the other way i'm just kidding mostly i uh i was at sam's the other day and pulled in and there was an suv there with one of those big blue magnets on there i love my church poplar springs baptist church i had not showered that day it was my off day 
I had not shaved. I was just wearing yard clothes. And I, let me tell you, I went in Sam's, but I lurked around all the back edges the whole time. <laughs> I'd look around every corner to see if I saw a Poplar Springs person so I could go the other way. Not because of you, but because of, of me. I did not want you to see me uh, that way. We got the magnets, we got the t-shirts, but there's a deeper reality in our lives. If you're a Christian, which you are, I, mean, I know there's, there are probably people here today who might say, well, you know, that's not me yet, or I've, I've not done, but for most of us, you are this. As we go into our day, putting on the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. Yes, there's protection there that we need against that evil one. But first and foremost, we remember, hey, not the, the Roman Senate at the people, but the Lord Jesus is in whose name I go today. I cannot be how I want. I cannot do how I want. I cannot fall to temptation. I represent Jesus and him alone. That's our reality today. Putting on the armor of God is a daily recognition of the fact that we step out into the world on mission. We do it. That our deployment is not on our own terms. Amen? Our deployment is not on our own terms. And that the name on our chest compels us to live in a way that is daringly different, even higher than we could ever do by ourselves. Who did you represent last week? Who last week do you think you represented? If you had to be honest, when you went to the store, when you talked to that friend, when you complained about this at work, when, you know, when you stepped out, did you go with a consciousness? Buddy, I'm not my own. I'm going today on a mission. We don't go in our own name. But secondly, we carry something worth protecting. We carry something worth protecting. This breastplate is important because right behind it are all the body's vital organs. It, this protects the life-sustaining parts of the body. Without these, you can't live. Without this heart, you're not going anywhere. Without these lungs, you're not doing anything. Without all of this, you're dead in the water. You're not going to affect any change without that. The Lord Jesus is telling us to put on something that protects the life that is within us. These life-sustaining organs. Putting it on would have been a sobering reminder that we represent something our enemy is willing to kill us for. I mean, you put this on, you say, I'm going on the battlefield, and he wants this. That enemy down, down the field, he wants to take my life from me because I represent something, I possess something so valuable, and he wants it gone. He wants to take it away. And spiritually speaking, we're in the same boat, if you will. When we put that on in the morning, we're reminded, yes, I represent somebody else, but also there's an enemy who wants to strike his dagger right at the heart of me to bring spiritual death into my experience. He's going to take my salvation away. If you're saved, no, he's not, but he sure can render you miserable and useless. He sure can take away the power that God wishes to wield in you in a lost world. And listen, he's doing it every day. Some things are worth protecting. Our spiritual life is worth protecting. It's not enough you say, well, I'm, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. God wants more for you, from you than that. I have an old Saturn, 2002 Saturn. Steve and I were talking about the other day. It's 21 years old, 230,000 miles. 
beautiful. Anyway, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but in our town, there had been some car break-ins, and we got an alert on the Facebook that said, hey, uh, people are breaking into cars in this neighborhood right down from us and these apartments right back behind us and all, just all around these car break-ins and they're taking stuff out of your cars. They said mostly they're hitting people who leave their doors unlocked in their driveway. And they go and they just check the lock and if it's unlocked, they go in and take whatever they want. And at first I was relieved because I've been leaving my doors unlocked uh, in the driveway. I've been leaving them unlocked all the time. And I was relieved for a moment. Hey, I didn't get hit, right? But I thought about it a little bit longer. I was insulted, you know. <laughs> they went by there, you know, probably, saw my little Saturn, and did not even find it worthy. Yeah, to, they don't even want to know if it's unlocked, right? You see it, you think, hey, some things aren't, wor <laughs> aren't, aren't worth robbing from, and some things aren't worth uh, protecting. Um, and so in this case, though, uh, we don't have the luxury of treating our life in Christ, the abundant life for which Christ died, which he was able to provide to us at the cost of his own blood. And that oversimplifies it. That oversimplifies the pain, the agony, the gut-wrenching choice that he made on your behalf and on my behalf. We have this life in us only because it came at great cost to heaven to give us a love that we never remotely deserved. We do not have the liberty of saying, well, that's not worth protecting. In fact, it is a treasure within us. This is something worth guardianship. It is worth protecting. When you wake up in the morning, Students back from camp, what in the world do I do now? Coming back from camp is a hard, hard thing. I know it is. What, how, your, your feet hit that carpet on that first morning back. You think, what in the world do I do now? First, first thing you can do is put on the armor of God. But rem remember, as I put this thing on here, I'm going wherever I go today in the name of the Lord Jesus. I mean, there's power in that. There's power in living that way and secondly what god has given me is worth me protecting it is worth me saying no to certain things in order to preserve this it is worth my time saying yes to things i've never given my time for before in order to preserve and to protect what god has done in us you'll be going back to school soon kids in just a month i know you hate to say hear that those are like fighting words but uh We've got school supplies on the stage today. And in your school, I want to remind you of something. In your, in your school, I want you to know that Satan knows that you carry the light of Christ there. He knows it. He sees it. He's waiting. He's waiting for that morning when you don't put on the armor of Christ. And all of a sudden, your witness, your testimony, it crumbles. Their shame comes to the name of the gospel because of that weakness. The author of death knows that you bring with you into those hallways, the life-giving power of the cross. He knows it. Into your workplace. He knows it. Believe me. This demon of darkness knows that wherever we go, Christians, we shine the light of redemption there. In the dark places, we bring the light of redemption. Satan wants the darkness. He sees you. He's watching. He's examining your armor. He's looking for openings where can he stick that dagger? This master deceiver knows that you bear the eternal truth of the love of God 
and the forgiveness through Jesus Christ. He knows that, and that is worth protecting. It's worth protecting. Put on the armor of Christ. Satan would love to dampen and darken us so that we're ineffective. He would love to bring discouragement to you because of your home situation. Satan would delight in that, to bring discouragement into your life because of uh, some junk happening at home. Satan would love to, to bring you down by uh, putting sin on your screen and drawing you in to that so that that's all you care about, to speak some soothing numbness to your soul with the comforts and attractions of life so that at all costs, whatever it takes, that you're just not about the things of God. He's out there. He's looking. God says, listen, put on my armor. Satan wants to render you lifeless. Don't let him do it. But lastly, we don't go in our own name. We carry something worth protecting. Lastly, the last reminder as we put on that breastplate of righteousness every day is what I do matters. What I do matters. We sang a song this morning and, and Trey read some verses and we talked about the righteousness of Christ, that we have the righteousness of Christ. If you have the righteousness of Christ, well, what that, what that means is Jesus gave his life on the cross in your place. That means that you owed a debt for your sin and somebody else paid it for you. That means the, the, the one who was innocent paid a guilty man's penalty on the cross so that the one who was guilty could bear the innocent man's righteousness upon his life. You have, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, you have the, right, the righteousness of Christ. Nobody, nobody, no force in heaven or hell can take that away from you. That's just a reality today. But truly, this, this verse tells us that there is something, a responsibility we have with regards to righteousness that we are to put on, to take some action, to put on the breastplate of righteousness. So if this doesn't mean the, the imputed righteousness of Christ, what must it mean? It means living righteously. It means a practical righteousness that we are to embark on as Christians. What you do matters. It's not good enough to say, well, I'm covered by the blood. I'm going heaven bound. I mean, that's, a, that's I've got the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of Christ. Praise God for that. Not to minimize that one bit at all, but it's not enough. We are to embark on this world and to live righteously, to reflect and to mimic the character, the holiness of the Lord Jesus. Yes, we have the righteousness of Christ, but are you appropriating that in your life? Or do you seem very much the same as a fallen world? My kids always show me new things on my phone that I didn't know. <clears throat> I wanted to take good pictures with the blurry background, you know what I mean? See all these pictures on Facebook, they've got the background blurred out. It looks so professional, like profound, you know, it just looks like you just want to think about it. And uh, <clears throat> got these pictures on there and I... I said to my kids when I said, I would love to get a camera that would take those blurry background pictures. And 
one of my kids said, Dad, your phone does that. They show me portrait mode, right? You set it to portrait mode. Man, I'm taking portrait pictures all the time now. It's like it was there, but I didn't know it. And thank goodness for our kids, teenagers, to show us this stuff. I started seeing people who would send little voice messages, little text messages, like voice messages, but it was an animal face. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody at all? All right. There would be an animal face. And the... (laughs) Yeah, there's a, there, I'll show it to you in just a minute. Uh, don't, don't hit play yet, Gio, but uh, it would be an animal face, and you record, you hold your phone, you hit record, you record yourself saying the message, and the animal would pick up your facial expressions. If you smile, the animal smiles, you know, and it's your voice speaking through, speaking through the animal. And so um, I said, man, I would love, to, to get that program that does those animal faces, you know? And my kids are like, Dad, your phone does that. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm sending animal faces all over the world now. <clears throat> are you able to hit play on it, Gio? We'll show them. No, Trey's going to help you. We might do that in just a minute. Uh, <clears throat> but here's the point I want to make. I might show this at the end so you can see. We'll do it later on. But here's the point I want to make. Yes, those powers... Were where? Were in my phone. There they sat. The power was there. But I, wasn't, I was not letting that out into my life, was I? The power of Christ is not dimmed. The power of the everlasting God is not made less by whether or not you and I choose to live righteously or not. But sure enough, your experience of it is. The blessings of God find themselves diminished in a life that is not following after his steps, that will not put upon itself the breastplate of righteousness. It ain't just any breastplate. This breastplate is made out of a certain material and that the effective strength of this piece of armor is if it's made out of the right stuff and the right stuff is that you and I are willing to go out and to live righteously, to do righteousness. And so the question today is, are you living righteously? Last week, last month, how much of your life as you struck out into your day, as you went wherever the path of the Lord Jesus opened up for you, how much intentionality was there for you to live according to his holiness and character? Are you appropriating that holiness of God into your daily choices and actions? This is our protection from the enemy somehow. This is our protection from the enemy, and this is our access to the fullness and to the power of God. Are you willing to live righteously? Are you willing daily to get up and to to go to God and say, God, today I'm committing this day to you. I'm, I'm fastening on to myself this breastplate of righteousness because emblazoned here in my life, I want it to shine the name of the Lord Jesus. I want an awareness that I'm going on mission today. It's not on my terms. I'm looking for opportunities, and I'm looking for opposition, Lord. I'm ready to go where you send me, and I want to do it your way. I want them to look here and see Christ. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing 
to put on that breastplate and to remind yourself there's something here, the light and the life of Christ that is so valuable, that is so eternally priceless that that enemy wants to strike it down in me and it's worth protecting. I'm going to protect it today as God gives me strength to do it. And are you willing to put it on and commit to God, Lord, I know I'm not righteous on my own, but God today, give me the power through the risen Christ to live righteously. That's the breastplate. Heart, lungs, guts, bowels, all these life-giving things are hiding behind that protective armor. What's yours made of today? What's your armor made of? Satan would like nothing more than for us to leave here this morning and fade into comfortable closeness with a world that lies firmly in his grip. Most people walking out of churches today, that's what they're going to do. Yes, Lord, it's good morning, but I'm going to go back to normal. Yes, Lord, that was fine and good job for the students, but you know what? I've got things to do. I've got things on my mind. That would be easy, wouldn't it? That would be natural. That would require nothing of us. But God wants you and me to be different. Not just different in how we act, but different in how we experience his power and his goodness. Are you ready today to make yourself fully his? Let me pray for us. Just a moment, I'd like to offer for our church a time of work of time of response what this means is if God has spoken to you today and even if he's convicted you of sin even if he's done something in your life that you need to change that you would respond to him by maybe praying right there where you're at or maybe coming down here to this altar this front bending the knee and coming to God in a special way you don't have to do that but sometimes when the Lord speaks uh, it's a privilege and an opportunity to respond to him. Maybe today you need to come for baptism. We'll be baptizing in a few weeks. We'd love to include you. Maybe you need to come for salvation. It does not surprise me one bit. And there is no shame and uh, there's no reason to feel awkward about somebody sitting here today who really has never placed your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Maybe you'd come this morning and let us stand by you and celebrate with you while you do just that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God and for trusting it to us today. We thank you for your kindness to us when we don't deserve it. But Lord, we believe in the words of Scripture when it says that your kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. To repentance, God. And so today, if there's anyone here, myself included, as we need to offer you repentance today, I pray that we would not be afraid to come and confess our sins to you, O Lord to know that you're faithful when we are faithless, to ask you to cleanse us, to receive us. And Father, for those of us today who are sitting here, who, yes, we're saved. Yes, we bear the righteousness of Christ. But Father, the power of that has eluded us for a long time. In fact, day by day, it's misery we experience more than the miraculous. Father, we go out into the day, it's discouragement we have more than worship. We're seeking things to get by, to get through, rather than keeping our eyes on Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would change that today. Painful as it may be, Father, have your way. 
we love you and we want to love you with all that we are help us to hold nothing back and father facing such an enemy as we have may we take joy may we rejoice in putting on the armor of god to go for you wherever you lead thank you god thank you for such a privilege as this we pray in jesus name amen let's stand